This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hi, y'all, and welcome to Horsin' Around. Saddle up and get ready to have a darn tootin', gallopin' good time as we trot out the show that's your ultimate horse sorts, of course. Find out how to use good old horse sense when it comes to breeding, feeding, training, and explaining. From practical tips on caring for your horse's health to advice on how to buy horse supplies, including bridles, halters, saddles, and more. So get ready to start horsing around with your host, horse expert and award-winning rider, Audrey Pavia. Howdy, Audrey. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Horsing Around on PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for joining us. This week, we're going to talk about how and why to organize your own horse show. Our guest this week is Christy Wood, a champion Appaloosa rider and trainer and an accredited Appaloosa Horse Club judge. Christy is also the author of Your Best Horse Show, and she is going to tell us the benefits of hosting your own horse show and how to do it. We'll talk to Christy right after these messages. Why the long face? I reckon Horsin' Around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet. Welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia. And today we are talking to trainer and horse show judge, Christy Wood, about organizing your own horse show. Christy, welcome to the show. Thank you. First off, let me start by talking to you about why you might want to host your own horse show. I think most people never think to do this. Why should they consider it? Well, I think in the beginning, it's the um, it's the excitement of wanting to um, see people compete and bring them together as a family unit to um, uh, show off the best that they can be. And um, people start out with a lot of enthusiasm in the beginning, but then I think it overwhelms them with all the details and the things that can possibly go wrong or the things that they've left out. And uh, my book is designed to... Um, help them organize and uh, organize a show and make their job a lot easier and a lot more fun. So are we talking about um, schooling shows um, or like accredited breed shows? What what types of shows are you dealing with? Well, my book covers everything. It uh, really is for the entry-level person, and and I'll say entry-level shows would be schooling shows because they're more informal. Um, People don't necessarily have to wear shaps or or go out and buy the best silver for their, their clothes and and then sometimes they can't fly in a really top judge from around the country. So a schooling show is a, is a good place, to, a good uh, step stone for people starting out and uh, uh, a little more relaxed about some of the um, um, details uh, for a horse show. And then we go on and I discover, uh, excuse me, I describe um, uh, open shows, 
which uh, cover then a lot, lot more uh, of all the breeds will come in, and then all breeds will show at schooling shows as well. But the open shows um, have a following of people that really just show at these open shows, and they're pretty serious competitors. Again, you can school your horse there, but you're going to have a little more um, top-level competition there. And then I talk about breed shows. And the breed shows are probably our top level f uh, in the industry for all the breeds in the United States and across the world that um, uh, are out there for points and making top ten in the nation and qualifying for the world. What are the benefits to hosting your own show? Well, uh, most people do it. Uh, obviously, they hope to make some money at it. I think that's probably the number one reason is they hope to uh, um, meet all their expenses and even have some money left over to possibly put on another show or their they have a goal to raise money, possibly to do some um, donation to, um, you know, like a, um, a writing academy for um, uh, for underprivileged children or something like this. But usually they, they're doing uh, a show to, to raise money. Can you show in the show that you're hosting? Well, that's uh, one of the t topics I, ca I cover in my book about the show manager. And it's it's very difficult to juggle being a show manager and all the responsibilities of the show manager and be able to show your horse. Uh, there's a lot of people that do that, and it's not uh, necessarily frowned upon, but you just have to realize you've made that commitment to be show manager. That should be first and foremost in your mind other than showing your horse. And if you can organize it to get away from your, your particular class, then great. Uh, a lot of this really also depends on the committees and the people you have behind you, your club organizers. Um, who's involved in this club that's going to help you? I mean, you can be the show manager, but you also need to delegate a lot of responsibilities. If everybody comes together, then you can have a really successful show and it won't be a, a big strain for just one person. So do you need to be part of a club to do this, or can an individual person put on a a schooling show just by getting volunteers to help or how would you do well, just that? How broad, just how broad are your shoulders? <laughs> yeah. If you want to take this on and be the one person that puts on one horse, this horse show, um, more power to you and this book will definitely help you but the idea is obviously to do it with a group of people um, so yes, an individual can do it. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be somebody involved with horses. I've been to shows before where the Lions Club has actually sponsored a horse show. The Lions Club did it for raising money. And of course, they raise money to, uh, to donate to other good causes. So um, anybody who wants to organize a show can put this on with the help of my book. What's the secret to doing it in a way that you actually make money and not lose money? Well, there's a lot of details covered in that. And that, again, um, is in the book of... of um, you know, you have to shop around for um, a facility, uh, the cost of the facility, renting the facility, and, and paying for lights and tractoring and the, and the water truck. There's all the details you have to um, budget for. And uh, judges and, and, and even the ring stewards, the equipment for the announcer. Um, you have to obtain insurance. And just there's so many things that, um, that you're going to have to cover that you just have to make sure that you can budget for this uh, in order to make money. It sounds like probably the best candidates um, for this type of thing are people that already own their own facility, like a boarding facility. That would be a good idea, yes, because they probably already have insurance. They have uh, an area, I'm sure, for parking. Um, you know, they'll have restrooms. They'll probably even have a little cook shack. So um, you bet. And then they can, if they have, again, if they have helpers, um, they're even their little cook shack is going to make money serving lunches and dinners or breakfast to the exhibitors that come, and, and as an exhibitor, we like to have that. We want to be able to have food available to us, because most of the time when we park our trailers to go show, we're not going to be leaving the facility. Yes, yeah, so that can help uh, defray some of the costs. 
how long does it take to organize a show? Like, say you want to have a show in June. When would you start organizing it? Oh, I'd start that with our December Christmas party. <laughs> okay. I'd make sure everybody's having a really good time. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden say, okay, we're going to have a horse show. This is what we have to do to get organized, um, even a year in advance. Sometimes you need to, um, obviously, you need to check for dates, local cl- other clubs or other arenas that are having horse shows, even your local breed associations. If you know you have paints and Appaloosas in your in your town and, and you know these people are going to be showing at their breed shows, let's if we're going to have an open show, let's make sure we don't conflict. We want to draw everybody in. We want to make sure there's nothing conflicting with our show so that we get as many people possible coming to it. So it sounds like it's a really tough job, but is it fun too? It is a lot of fun, and that's why it has to be planned. And I think the book will will give people thoughts and channel their thoughts the right way to, okay, well, this is what we need to do to get this organized. And if you have enough time and you have your checklist, and by the way, I have a, a great uh, checkoff list for the man- show manager in the book. If you have enough time to do this, obviously this is something you don't want to just jump into a month ahead of time and hope that it happens. I mean, you've got to line your judges up. Judges, I get calls to judge horse shows sometimes a year or two in advance. I get contracts mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm going to be there. So you need to line up your help and the arena and everything else that you need to do. And you can have a lot of fun with this. It isn't overwhelming if you have help and you give it a lot of forethought and pre-planning. And does it help you become a better exhibitor if you put on horse shows? I think it does. I think everything goes hand in hand. As a trainer, I'm able to instruct my students on how to show. As being a judge, I definitely know how I'm judging horses from the center of the arena. And, and so anybody that's going to come and, and show their horse has had that experience. But I think by putting on a show, they're going to get a better appreciation of what's involved. I think you become a better exhibitor because you're a little more tolerant of things that possibly could go wrong and, and all the uh, details that are involved in putting on this horse show. And so the more knowledge you have, even by putting on a show, the better exhibitor you will be. And how do you determine like what type of show you should have? Because I know in your book you talk about... Um classes, Western classes, English classes, um, schooling shows, open shows, breed shows. You said uh, before that schooling shows the best way to start. Um, say you, you start that way just to get your feet wet, but ultimately your goal might be to do a breed show or an open show. How do you know what, which route to go there? Well, you need to pay attention to what's happening in your community. You need to know um, that you have a lot of um, riders that, let's say, like to do barrel racing. They like to do the games classes. Or you have people that love to go over fences or just starting out and they love to jump the little crossbar uh, hunter courses. Or you have a lot of people that love trail. So you need to know what's going on. Uh, And you do that by observing other shows in your area. Um, You can even put up a... Uh, kind of a wanted list at your local feed store on a bulletin board and saying, hey, we're thinking about having a horse show. What classes would you like? Give me a call and leave your number up there so that people can give you some input. But you need to know what's going on in your community and you want to draw to that. You want to make sure you have the classes that will bring the people in that are nearby and a close proximity to your area where you're going to have the show. So what gave you the idea to write this book? What inspired you to do it? (laughs) Well, I laugh about that because um, as a horse show judge for over 25 years, I've had some wonderful shows to judge, very well organized. Um, They treated the judges um, with respect, and we had a lot of fun, and they made our our welcome was was, um, 
very pleasant, you know, living this little gift baskets possibly in our motel room, which was great. And then actually, um, I hope I can say this on the air, but I've, I've literally <laughs> judged the horse show from hell. And, and that happens, and it happens sometimes because um, people didn't organize ahead of time to um, pre-plan possibly the food booth staying open later. And when I, my, my description of that show is actually in the book, but I had to judge 23 hours straight one time. Oh, wow. And that's, that's physically almost impossible for a human being, let alone for the animals to be out there that long. And it was a very, very difficult show. It was a huge show. It was towards the end of the year, and actually everybody showed up to... Uh, go for the last year-end points that they wanted for this particular breed. And it was just a very mm-hmm. difficult show. The weather was bad for us. And, you know, I hadn't had anything to eat since 9 o'clock that evening. And I had to work until 6 a.m. the next morning. Oh, wow. So it was, it was tough. The, the, the whole elements were just were really, really tough. And um, they did a lot of things correct at that show, but there were some things that didn't quite go right. And it just you just need a lot of pre-planning, and you need these things to happen. And I thought, you know, I need... And, that's, and that was a, a large breed show that was doing that, but I've also been to so many... Um, smaller shows and smaller groups or, or um, shows that uh, local clubs want to put on and bless their heart they want to do this but they really need some guidance and that's mm-hmm. where they really have a lot of pitfalls and they, and they have problems and difficulties and I end up not only judging the horse show but I almost literally manage it because I have to organize the arena I have to organize what's happening outside the arena in order for things to go smoothly and um, I thought, you know, I need a handbook. We really would, I would love to tell people and help them know how to put on a horse show so it's a lot more fun for everybody. What are the common mistakes that people make? Like, what, could, what did they do wrong that in that one show you described that ended up making it so unbearable? Well, I think the biggest, the biggest problem with that one is they really didn't anticipate how many people were going to show up. And mm. um, um, time management might have been a little better. I think we... Um, didn't realize how late it was going to go in the evening, so earlier in the day there were more breaks that were taken. You know, your judges are, if they know that you've got so many entries and we have these so many classes we have to judge in a day, they're actually willing to take a shorter lunch break and, and you know, just kind of work straight through, taking quick, short little bathroom breaks, but you just keep on, you just keep on trying to move everybody along. And then, of course, the, the bad thing was that everybody, normal, the normal folks that weren't going to show in the, in the classes that we were judging that late in the evening, everybody went home, everybody went to bed, they closed the food booth down, uh, there was nobody around to take care of us. I remember I was actually sharing a horse blanket with another judge just so we could stay warm, it was so cold. I was oh, really wow. very close to hypothermia and, and no food available. I mean, you need to at least keep cu- pumping coffee into those judges so our eyelids stay open so we can yeah, see those classes or, and get you know, the judge. Send somebody you know, to the to the Seven Eleven to pick up a sandwich yeah, was, or something. Yes, you know? exactly. Gosh. Exactly. And, um, it speaks to your professionalism that you didn't walk off. <laughs> well, you I know, wouldn't do that ever. I wouldn't ever do that as a judge. I'm there to judge, and I love judging, and it's uh, I'm there to do my job and, and to pick that best champion. And even if I'm getting a little giddy and getting frozen at 4 a.m. in the morning, <laughs> I'm still going to pick that champion. I'm going to find a champion, by gosh. <laughs> Nothing's going to stop me from judging that horse show. That's just a well. determination. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, am, that, I don't know that everybody would have done that, but <laughs> well, we managed and, and we got through it. But I've been to um, I've been to so many schooling shows and open shows too. That, and, and again, they, it's wonderful that they want to do this. But I show up and, and an announcer doesn't have a clue of how to announce a horse show or even get people in the gate. There's no gate person. There's no there's no um, uh, 
a, a class sheet so we know how many exhibitors we're looking for. I mean, everybody will stand around waiting for people to show up. And as an exhibitor, see, again, the exhibitor needs to know that you can get a one-minute gate call on a class, and you better be there. If you want to show in your classes, be at that arena. Even be there a little early. Be close to the gate so that you can hear the announcer, and you can be there. Nobody wants to sit around and, and have to wait for you and make sure you've got your back number on and um, – you know, it's just, uh, it was interesting, a couple of weeks ago I judged a horse show that uh, had some difficulties with that. And uh, so anyway, it's just, but it's, it's wonderful to help them and, and give them that guideline, but now I have a book. I can actually hand them the book and say, here, I think you need this, or mm-hmm. here, I think you'll benefit from this. <laughs> right, I don't right. want to stuff it down anybody's throat. It's a suggestion, but it's, um, it's now in the written word, and this will really help people. I think they'll get a lot out of it. Yeah. Well, we're going to go for a break. We'll be back in a minute and we'll talk to Christy more about putting on a horse show. Why the long face? <laughs> I reckon horsing around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet. Welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia, and today we're talking to trainer and horse show judge Christy Wood about organizing your own horse show. Um, Christy, the more I talk to you, the more I realize how important volunteers are. How do you get good volunteers for something like this? Well, I don't know if we can use the word good volunteers until we see how somebody's going to work, but let's let's not uh, discourage anybody too quickly. Let's just get volunteers and uh-huh. let's educate them. Let's make them good. Right. That's how that works. If, some, if they have the desire to want to help, then that is great, and we'll give them a job that might suit um, their personalities or what they like to do, and and then educate them, help them out to um, to learn to be good volunteers. Uh, mm-hmm. When we judge a lot of breed shows, um, now it's actually required that we have scribes, and scribes are people that will sit with us when we judge a reigning class or a trail class, because now we're judging these classes on, on uh, a point value, and it's good to have somebody who can record what you're saying so your eyes aren't taken off the exhibitor that's showing at the time. And that's a little difficulty sometimes when we go to our shows, whether they're a breed show or even open shows, sometimes we will get some scribes, but we have to um, train them. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting balance to be judging and training somebody in the arena at the same time. But it's really great to give them that education. And and again, if they're enthusiastic and want to help, then I'm more than happy to to just take that extra time to teach somebody how to do their job. 
Right. I've noticed um, in certain events I've been to that there have been problems with getting volunteers to show up, like they volunteer and then the morning of they're nowhere to be found. Uh, is that a, something you see a lot? It can happen. And, you know, the club is the one that needs to um, work with their people. Um, here's an example. I know there's one um, uh, club in Southern California, a breed club, that uh, has been really good about getting volunteers to come and help. And what they do is they give them an alternative. If you're going to be a club member, and let's say you want to go for year-end awards through the club, and that means that you're out there showing and you're gaining points to, to go towards the year-end awards, which could be buckles and, or blankets and, and some really nice um, awards, is they give them an option. They say, we need you at least six hours a year to volunteer at the horse show, doing any kind of a job, whatever you want to do, handing out ribbons, announcing, being a gate person or a ring steward. But if you can't make your six hours, then we need uh, an alternative in the um, way of uh, monetary value. So what they do is they, if someone can't make those six hours, then they may pay like $50 for the year. Instead of, being, instead of giving the six hours, they give a donation. And the donation goes to the club to help with the cost of the awards, or it may have to go towards hiring a professional uh, ring steward or an announcer and something like that. So they, they, they can do that ahead of time. When you're planning your show, you can give people that option, and hopefully they'll sign up and say, okay, I'll be there those six hours. Or some people may just say, I know I can't do it. Here's the $50. So that's mm -hmm. sometimes how you get your, make your um, volunteers a little more accountable. Right. Or you can, even, you can even find them if you want. That's up to you between, between all the club members. If they say they'll be there and they don't show up, then you also let them know ahead of time, if you don't show up that day, it's, we're going to charge you 10 or $20 because we're going to have to scramble around trying to find somebody. Mm -hmm. So um, just That's try to help idea. people be a little more accountable. Yeah. So is, is your book, can somebody putting on a, an event like a trail trial or something other than a traditional horse show benefit from your book? I think they can because I, I cover a lot of uh, information on contracts. Mm -hmm. So even for trail trials, if you're going to hire a judge, um, and if you're going to hire any kind of assistant that you might have um, working this show, I have that information in the book. Yeah, you have some really good stuff in the appendix, uh, appendices. Um, mm -hmm. Manager's checklist um, would apply to, I think, a lot of different events. Um, stall reservation form. How much money can you make? Like, what kind of a profit margin is there, whether you're doing it for a charity or, or just to make money for your, all the trouble you went through doing this? Well, it's hard for me to tell you an exact dollar amount. Again, it depends on what you're working with. Um, it depends on what your expenses are going to be. Mm -hmm. And um, it'd be wise to shop around. Shop around for the price of ribbons. Get a couple of quotes on what the cost will be for ribbons or the awards that you're going to give. You know, maybe there's somebody that uh, locally that makes tail bags and you want to give tail bags. Well, if you tell her, I need 100 tail bags, she'll probably give you a better price than if you bought 20. So you just, mm -hmm. have, to shop, you just have to shop around. So it's hard to say how much. Hopefully, uh, a club would make 500 to 1,000, maybe even more money. I know some clubs that make 30,000 on, on the shows that they do. But mm, those are yeah. huge shows. They have eight judges yeah. out in the arena and, and, the, and the shows last four days. So it just depends. But um, you, need, you need to budget and you need to um, look into what your expenses are going to be and shop around for a good price and hopefully you will make a profit. Do you talk about uh, getting sponsors in your book? Yes. And uh, sponsors are real helpful to have. Um, and you can certainly um, uh, let them have a lot of fun that's in uh, chapter 10 by the way when we talk about high point awards and sponsors is that um, you know people that are willing to uh, support a local riding club um, 
you know, we like to do is we always like to take a picture of possibly a high point winner and go back in and, and have that high point winner uh, send them a thank you note and possibly sign the picture. And we give them a framed picture uh, from the horse show that they've um, sponsored. Or you have them oh. come out and um, you can actually be a, a, a part of the horse show. Have them come out if they particularly want to sponsor a certain class. They can give the awards out in that class. So mm-hmm. get them involved. Get people involved. And, of course, then you do multiple an- announcements throughout the show um, mentioning their business. So for a horse show, it seems to me that the judge is the heart of the show. The judge is the, the most important person there. How do you treat a judge? Like, What's really important to do as far as making your judge um, happy and want to do this for you again? <laughs> <laughs> Should I read? Should I read you an excerpt of what I have in my book? It's, sure. Here's a statement. Here's a statement we don't want to do. Okay. Um, is um, when when uh, when things go wrong and they come to mind for me, I've said I've I've been and things have not going according to plan. I have been cold, wet, stranded, hungry, overworked, ignored, and underpaid. <laughs> oh wow, that so, pretty much covers it. <laughs> so if you check off all those things and those don't happen, and you're going to make me really happy. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but um, mainly it's just uh, uh, don't leave me at the airport. Don't leave me stranded and let me know ahead of time where I'm going to be staying. I need emergency phone numbers. Um, oh and that's covered in the book. The chapter for judges, is it's very detailed about how you contact your judges. And, um, um, you know, I know the hours are long, and I know I have a lot of classes. Uh, some of the breed, class show, breed shows these days are throwing almost 120 classes at us in a day. And I know that's coming, but uh, we're also starting to charge overtime, so that uh, makes it a little more um, palatable for, for us to be standing out there that long. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's just um, uh, just making sure that uh, we're taken care of in a sense. We just don't want to be left and stranded. And, yeah. And, um, make sure Personally, have, I'm... Make sure I'm that we're, whatever hotel we're staying in, at least there's a, a, food, a food facility, a, a restaurant yeah. close by. Sometimes we've been stuck without a rental car and no food um, restaurant, no restaurant nearby. You know, I, I'm really surprised to hear that that ever happens because, I mean, I, I've been involved, I've volunteered quite a bit in um, dog show, um, mm-hmm. dog shows for my, my breed club, my dog breed club. And the judge is so important. I mean, I'm, I've had the, the job of um, picking the judge up at the airport, taking them to lunch mm-hmm. and getting them all settled. I mean, you know, we... We have always looked at the judge as like the, you know the rock star. So it's surprising mm-hmm. to me to hear that you ever end up in a situation like what you're describing. Well, I think people get overwhelmed sometimes. Here's another example: as I've been put up uh, in a hotel before without anybody going and checking the, they'll actually book a hotel, but they don't go ahead of time and and check that the neighborhood is. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to say this nicely. Um, <laughs> is it, is it's not a bad safe? neighborhood. Yeah. yeah, that's right, that it's safe, and have you, have you checked to see the quality of the hotel? I've, I've oh, had to geez. check myself out of two hotels in my 25-year career of judging. I've oh, had to gosh. check myself out twice and go, go someplace else because I actually felt in danger. Uh, yeah. So those things are just something you have to think about. Um, yeah. You know, that's nice to go look. I mean, I want to make sure, if I was going to stay in a hotel, I want to make sure I'm in a nice, comfortable, clean place. You yeah. know, I don't want to go and when all the bedspreads have cigarette marks on them and, and the carpet's dirty or you see six-legged, eight-legged critters running across the floor. I mean, I, I wouldn't want that, and I certainly wouldn't want to put somebody that I'm having come in from out of state and have to live, stay there for three days while they're judging my horse show. I want them to be comfortable. Yeah. I want them to be happy. Because, you know, as judges also, we write reviews on our, um, on our horse show. 
on uh-huh. the committee. The actual horse show that we're judging, they, when we fill out a judge's card, which tracks the number of entries we have in the class, we actually are asked about the uh, how are your accommodations, or was everything taken care of, was everything all right, were you treated well? So we get to fill out um, an evaluation form on the show well. committee as well. So agreeing to judge a show sounds like a huge leap of faith for the judge. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, it's only been a couple that I've that I've had the uh, I've had the extremes uh, negativity, but um, that's why I wrote the book is just to help everybody out. Right. And instead of complaining about it, I decided to take some action and help write this book to help people yeah. out. But you know, well, and also that first the first question you gave me a little while ago, just really quick, when you said the judge was the most important person, mm-hmm. I think your second most important person is your announcer. Mm, okay. You need a good announcer who knows yeah. how to run a horse show. I mean, he is my, the announcer is my right-hand person. He's going to get those people to that arena. He's going to give barn calls. He's going to give a one-minute gate call, and he's going to let me know my class is complete, and he's going to announce and properly announce people's names. He's going to go to the effort to um, uh, get the correct spelling, make sure he knows how to say horses' names, people's names, mm-hmm. and he's going to do announcements for um, our sponsors. And a good announcer can just really, really make a horse show. Do you and recommend can- having uh, paying someone to do this who, who is an experienced or a professional announcer? I would if it's in the budget, yes. Yeah, uh-huh. it's just wonderful that people want to volunteer and want to cue the mic, and a lot of people think they can call the classes, and they can. They can call the walk, trot, canter, and reverse. But you know what? Personality has a lot to do with it. Again, getting along with people and moving this horse show and knowing all the details of a horse show. I've worked with some really top-notch uh, announcers, and one of them happens to be Steve Wood, who resides at Three Rivers here with me. Mm, and he's, he's got and the he's same last name as you. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> and, and you know he's done he's done world shows and he's done open shows. He's done schooling uh-huh. shows and he's done all breed shows. And it's um, uh, not just him, but there are several of the announcers that I've worked with too that just really, really help the show move along. Mm-hmm. It's really, really cr- critical. So yes, I think that's good money, uh, very well spent to uh, have a good top-notch announcer. Okay, well that's great. Um, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, thank you, Christy, for being my guest this week. Oh, thank you so much for allowing me to uh, talk about my book. Well, we're happy to have you, and I want to encourage everybody to take a look at the episode notes page on the Horsing Around website for a link to Christy's website, and for more information on her book, you can get it uh, from her website, or you can order it on Amazon.com, and again, the name of the book is Your Best Horse Show. If you have any Guys questions... managers or- and exhibitors. <laughs> okay. Don't forget the <laughs> that's, subtitle. <laughs> that's the whole thing. <laughs> um, if you have any questions or comments about Horsing Around, or today's show, please email me at audrey at petliferadio.com. Until next time, happy trails. Stop what you're doing and start horsing around. Every week on Pet Life Radio, horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin' gallopin' good time. Every week on Horsing Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.